You're listening to One Sun, Three Flowers podcast, where we believe in connecting, unifying, and uplifting women. Self-published author, business owner, educator, mother, and poet, Courtney Brookins will help you bloom into your best self and encourage you to make self-care part of your daily practice. She will help you learn and connect with other women. Listen to honest conversations to help further your story. If you're ready to reach the next level of self, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, mother, and avocado enthusiast, Courtney Brookins. Tribe, we receive so much positive encouragement about our podcast, and a lot of you have asked how you can help support it. One of the easiest ways to show your appreciation is to press pause and take a second to write a review about the benefit of this content. And while you're there, make sure you click subscribe so that every time a new show drops, you're the first to know about it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the One Sun, Three Flowers podcast, Stories of Our Mothers. Hello, Flower Tribe, and welcome to another episode. This week, I am bringing to you all a blog. If you haven't seen it, I'm going to link it in into our show notes So that you can read it for yourself. But today I am dissecting, analyzing, and having some real conversation with you all about what I read. At the conclusion of this podcast, podcast, please, please, please feel free to comment below. Add anything that you see. And as always, connect with me socially on any of our podcasts platforms or through the email listed on this podcast. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in. This particular blog that I am responding to is entitled Mothers Are Drowning and Self-Care is Not the Answer. The author makes three major points to support her writing. The first being, self-care calms you, but the reality of motherhood is still stressful. The author is a stay-at-home mom, just to give you some background, and she talks about the importance of prioritizing baths and getting your nails done and relaxing. But she cautions that once you return to the motherhood, the realities of motherhood, you still find yourself coming back into that space of stress. Now I have to give her some credit for her perspective. I totally agree that motherhood has its ups and downs. And I'm not here to say that any self-care practice will completely eliminate the realities of stress. Ladies, we have 
a tremendous job. And I don't just mean, as I always state, women with biological children. Mothering is a community effort. So there are women without children in their homes that are still a part of this, that still feel the the strain of motherhood from being in positions where they're directly impacting children. So I understand the stressors. Hey, I'm a mom, soccer mom, gymnastics mom, full-time employee, and full-time businesswoman. So I get it. It's like our clock is never stopping. But I would actually want to give one idea that could kind of support her very real and necessary claim. When I actually take time for myself, which is a part of my self-care practice, at the end of every night, in the beginning of every day, that peace not only fuels me for my children, but it fuels me for all the different duties that I have to do throughout the day. So a part of my practice at night is not only doing the Manny or Petties, well, the Petties, because I make time to get my own nails done at the, at the shop, the nail salon. But I also make time at the end of every night and the beginning of every morning to actually practice meditation and journaling and things that have real long-term long-term effects for me. So meditation might be me visualizing and coming to spaces of peace or what a peaceful, well-put-together household actually looks like. And my journaling might allow me to get out the feelings or the frustrations from today, my experiences with my children, or the reality of what I've encountered in other areas of my life. No way am I saying this is a one-stop shop or a final fix, but they are very healthy and necessary ways to practice wellness and to be able to not only help me in my mothering journey, but help me in my own relationship with self. Point number two, she states that women need stronger or more abundant support systems. She even adds that Women lack family, support from family, support from partnerships, and that mother's self-care actually ends up being an afterthought. Again, as a fellow mother, I'm not going to disagree with the emotions or minimize the feelings or perspectives that are being shared in this blog. But I would like to start with the last point and try to work our way up. Self-care being an afterthought, being what mom gets at the end of everything. I, in my own self-care practice, have prioritized my own needs. The The idea of me coming last, my needs not being important, and me not being a priority are being eliminated from the past generations there's been conversations about this idea that women just take all of this stuff on and it's actually a part of our job to not care about ourselves to put ourselves last on our list 
But in the relevant and recent conversations of self-care, I think we all, and if not, please join in this conversation and try to get some understanding that if I prioritize my needs last, I put myself last on the list, that I'm actually not good for anyone else connected to me. With that being said, self-care is not an afterthought in my household. It is a priority and it is expressed to the members of my household. In the morning, my meditation is a priority. I wake up early enough so that it is not disrupted. And if others choose to wake up during that time, it has been communicated to allow me to have that moment. At night, the same things apply. I have created a schedule and a routine so that my self-care can be practiced. I also make sure that I practice time for my, make time for myself to exercise and do the things that I need to do. Now, I know some of you moms are going to jump all over me with emotion and say, well, hey, Courtney, your children are getting older. You have a soon to be 11 and nine year old. And you know that when you had a newborn baby or an infant or a toddler, that it wasn't as easy for you to be able to plan this time. Or, hey, I'm a single mom. Or, hey, the the father of my children is not helping me. Or, hey, my husband works these long shifts or he travels or I don't have a strong family support system. I get that. And I'm not minimizing your experiences, but I will share in my own truth, that even when the schedules were a little tighter for me, even when the girls were younger, even when I felt that some of the supports I needed were absent, that hour that I found as a time for me that I was utilizing to scroll on Facebook or to talk on my phone to a family member or even, guys, I hate to say it, listening to one of my friends share a story with me. I had to start saying, hey, I have this one hour for myself. And so instead of seeing it as an afterthought, I prioritize my own self-care. Again, this being a perspective shift, I prioritize my own self-care by saying that hour is mine. I'm going to do with it what I need to. I'm going to spend my time how I should as I deem fit, and I'm going to be unapologetic about it. I'm not going to apologize for taking time away from my other relationships to nurture the relationship with myself. Now, the lack of partnership and the lack of family, I've seen some really interesting articles on that where women have come together and created community for themselves. So I cannot speak to what the dynamics of your marriage marriages or partnerships or commitments look like. And I can't speak to the health or withstanding of your family relationships. But I will say that if you're in a situation where you see a lack of support or in your partnership or your family, the first place might be to actually communicate the need for your self-care and your own mental wellness so that you can actually be a stable being in the lives of your children and in these other relationships. If those efforts are missed, then I would really encourage you to try to reevaluate 
the circle that you have around you, not telling you to shift any of the members, but re-looking or reanalyzing the people that you have within your network. For instance, I read a beautiful blog on how two women who are single mothers chose to unite in partnership and to share the responsibilities of motherhood. I also, in my own experiences, have had situations where friends and I have chosen to share the responsibility of watching the children, i.e., hey, you want to do something next Saturday, bring the kids all over here. And when I have something that I need to do next two weeks from now, we can rotate. Understanding and making other commitments and other people to support your mothering your mothering and your own needs outside of the systems that are traditional or you have been accustomed to is another way of you getting the support that you need and really working on that self-care for you. The third point that she made was grandparents not being the traditional grandparents from the past. She pointed out the fact that there are a lot of toxic grandparents and that there are Several grandparents who have not chosen to or are unable to actually retire. I don't disagree with this point either. I know that the idea of big mama, I say it all the time jokingly, but it's a serious thing. The idea of big mama and big daddy has kind of dissolved. And there are grandparents who are just as equally active as the parents. So I know that feels like a lack of support. And hey, I'm not going to say that it's not. My own parents are quite busy and on the go. And while they're phenomenal grandparents, of course, I always would like them being little, a little more readily available for the things that I need. I also want to affirm that the people for those of you who have parents, grandparents, your parents, but the children's grandparents who are toxic, I totally want to say 100% stand behind your own decision of self-care because that's what it is to eliminate those relationships and remove those people from your life, your lives, not only for your own emotional and mental well-being, but that of your children. We certainly don't want grandparents toxicity to be normalized within our children and for us to have another generation of people repeating the same types of behavior. I actually was, I actually see the removal of those grandparents as a practice of self-care and self-love. I get the frustration of a lack of retirement as well, but honestly, guys, in the spirit of self-care, owning what we have control over is very important. So while we might desire for grandma or grandpa to tap into and be more present with the children, if we don't have them here, what are our other options? Again, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you choose to see it, sometimes the non-traditional or the unconventional passageway or choice is what we ultimately have to do. Because at the end of the day, we're going to always have different constraints and we're going to have different things that are going to limit us for what we're trying to do. But if we try to shift our perspective, prioritize our own needs and look for solutions, I guarantee we will find them. 
Everything really starts with us. And so this is not to put pressure on our own being or to criticize ourselves or to say that there's something wrong with me. But it's to affirm that we can come up with solutions and that our self-care is much bigger than getting our nails painted and taking bubble baths. It is actually and it is actually and very necessarily about our own mental wellness and well-being. It is actually and very necessarily about us actively taking a role in our well-being and our health and working for our own betterment. With that type of commitment to self, it cannot be an afterthought. It has to be a priority. And the first person to prioritize that is us and how we choose to structure everything and situate everything after that, it's all by our own doing. So I encourage you to read the blog, take some time to reflect on the truths that she stated that are connected to your own story, and begin to make the necessary adjustments so that your self-care is prioritized and that you're able to actively make steps for your own well-being. Tribe, this has been another phenomenal opportunity to connect with you all. Thank you so much for continuing to tune in. And I just want to say kudos to you. Great job listening. Great job being here. If you're here, you're here for a reason. And continue to bloom into your best self. Bye for now. One Sun, Three Flowers is a one-stop shop for the entire family. Our mother-daughter clothing brand promotes self-care, unity, and wellness for the entire tribe through tees and sweatshirts. We created the One Sun, Three Flowers shop a year ago when we challenged ourselves to create clothing that promoted self-care, self-love, and helped you connect with your highest self and your families. Head to the One Sun, Three Flowers, .myshopify.com and save yourself 10% when you use the code PODCAST2019. That's One Sun, the number three, flowers.myshopify.com Enjoy Flower Tribe! Thanks for listening to the One Sun Three Flowers podcast. Check out show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.onesunthreeflowers.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We want to connect with your tribe. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. And remember to bloom into your best self.